0: Good morning, family. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. All right, it's so fitting that this gospel is, uh, just my last week here at St. Joseph, this gospel kind of epitomizes my my life with Christ, and uh, I just am so excited to give you guys some final words um, from this gospel particularly. I want to tie in the gospel, but I also want to tie in The themes that I feel like I've wanted to give you my my four years here. And so there's going to be different themes that tie into what the gospel is saying today. So the gospel is Luke 15. We see the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, and how God always brings back his lost children. The first theme is the love and mercy of God. What I've tried to do these past four years is communicate the best I could God's love and mercy. St. Paul says in Romans 8, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Nothing can separate us from God's love. If you ever doubt God's love, if you ever think your sin is too big, it's too great, that God can't love me because I do this and that, it's not true. In Luke 15, it says, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous. For those who are in the confession line right now, and for all of us sinners who need to come back to Jesus, know that the heavens are rejoicing when you come back to the Lord. There is more joy in heaven right now. That heaven is a place of joy and rejoicing, and my desire in this church has always been let's be joyful, let's have fun, let's smile, Let's, let's love each other, let this church be heaven on earth, amen? so this is um when we focus so much on our sin and on our weakness we're not really living in that joy we're living in shame we're living in darkness and god is saying come back to me my second theme i wanted to preach this these past four years was your identity in christ who you are in jesus The son, when coming back, he came to his senses. Thank you, Jesus. He came to his senses. He's like, what am I doing? I'm eating. I'm feeding amongst pigs. I might as well go back to my father, and I'll say, Father, treat me as one of your slaves. I don't have to be your son. Just treat me as a slave. And often we come back to God, and we say, God, I'm going to be your slave. I'm going to work for you. I'm going to do so much for you. And we think that our identity is based on our action, on our on whether we're doing good or we're doing bad. If we're doing bad, I'm a piece of garbage. If we're doing good, I'm a saint. Your identity is not based on your performance. The son, when coming back, says, Father, treat me as your slave. And the father says, You are my son. Romans 8 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You did not receive a spirit of slavery, slavery, to fall back into fear. You received a spirit of adoption in which we cry, Abba, Father. We call God our Father. God is our Father that makes you His child, His son and His daughter. No matter what. So, one of my themes has been your identity in Christ. That sin does not define you. That whatever sin you've committed, nothing can separate you and it doesn't change who you are. Just come back into the Father's embrace. Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul II says, We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures, we are the sum of the Father's love for us. You're not defined by yourself. You're defined by God, who calls you my son. Amen? The third theme is freedom. Amen? Can we just say freedom? freedom? Kids, only kids. Freedom. Good job. The younger son had free will. And he chooses, in the beginning of the story, he says, Father, give me the share of my inheritance. And the younger son, it says, while he was a long way off he freely spent everything that we think in this world that freedom is about our choices but true freedom is the ability to choose what we're meant for and what we're made for Jesus says anyone who sins is a slave to sin a slave has no freedom and so Jesus has always wanted to give us freedom in him but true freedom Not the freedom of choice, like I can do this and I can do that. Everyone has that. God has made us free. And yet, true freedom is choosing love the ability to love and to sacrifice freely. When you're not controlled by yourself, Jesus says, If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And as we heard in St. Paul's letter, I didn't even read St. Paul's letter before this homily, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is? Wow, how cool is that? The fourth theme is the Word of God. The Word of God. I've tried, I've hoped that every homily is like filled with Scripture because I don't want you to hear my words. You can always go to the Word. The Word of God is the truth. And I've preached often the renewed mind. St. Paul says, do not conform yourself to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may know what the will of God is. We've tried to pinpoint these past four years the lies that the evil one is speaking to us, the lies that we're believing about our identity, about about our destiny, but then also combating that with truth. The spiritual battle is a battle of the intellect, and it's a battle for the soul. And we've got to combat the lies with truth, and the truth is in the Lord. Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. St. Jerome said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. And so, I remember about a couple years ago, we pushed really hard Bible in a year. We pushed really hard in December. I remember we read the whole Gospel of Luke together. It was 24 days from December 1 to December 24. We said, before Christmas, we're going to read the Gospel of Luke. One of my great joys at St. Joseph is we've we've kept this, My I hope my preaching, but also our culture as a community, Scripture-focused. The Word of God. Sounds like a Protestant church, right? Nope, we're Christian, y'all. We're Catholic. And yet, why... Why do we think that only Protestants know Scripture? We should know Scripture, but how we interpret Scripture is based on our church tradition. 2,000 years of growing in knowledge of what Jesus is actually saying and having the humility to say, I'm kind of dumb sometimes. When I read the Bible, I'm not always right, so what is God telling us these past 2,000 years? How has the Holy Spirit been leading us to interpret the Word of God? And as a priest, that's always been my job, is to stick with Scripture and tradition, the two pillars of the faith. We have to live by the Word of God. And if you've you've ever been to confession with me, you know that I'm often giving you a, a sticky note with Scripture because it's not about my words. It's about the Word of God transforming your life. Okay, so I remember one time preaching Second um, Corinthians 12, and Saint Paul says, "I will not be a burden, for I want not what is yours; I want you." And he says, "Children ought not to save for their parents, but parents for their children." I will most gladly spend and be utterly spent for your sakes. That's been my desire: is to give my life to you, to spend for you, and. I'm not perfect I'm a sinner and at times I've been selfish you haven't noticed because I'm in my rectory but I've been selfish and I've said instead of working a little bit harder for you maybe I've worked for myself I have sought to be selfish and yet whenever I read what st. Paul says in 2nd Corinthians 12 I know that that's the desire of my heart and I've tried so I want you to know that when the prodigal son comes back in Luke 15 He comes back with nothing, correct? All his money is gone, correct? He's poor. Does the Father ever say to him, Where's the money? I gave you half of the inheritance. Where was it? You wasted it? The Father never points that out. Why? Because the Father doesn't care. He doesn't want what is yours. He wants you. Amen? It's not about what you can give him back. I used to live my life in the spiritual life like, God, I owe you so much. Jesus, you died for me on the cross. I just have to pay it back. You can't. I can't pay it back. My life, if I fully give myself, it's still not more than what he did for me. It's not about that. It's about being with him. He doesn't care what you bring him back. Just stay with him. My dad always used to say, um, he doesn't care about money. He'd look at his kids and he would say, you are my money. That's all that matters. And that's God the Father. God wants you. So um, I also have I've tried to be the type of priest and father that never gave up on his children. And never wanted to give up. And those who worked with me at CLC... Uh, Recognize that we we had some trials, we had some difficulties with some kids, some teens, and I just never wanted to give up. And I felt like the father for both sons. We have the older son. Can you say older son? All right, just to keep you there. Older son. There are some of us who are in the father's house, but how are they living in the father's house? So many of us, we come to church every week, we're like the older sons. And the older son, when he hears the party going on, there's joy, he goes to one of the servants and he says, What's going on? Are they having a party? What, what is that? What's that noise? It's as if the older son never recognized that God's house is meant to be joyful. Meant to be a party. So all of us, we have to have an expectation of joy when we walk into church. An expectation of love and peace. A filling of the Holy Spirit, Like Pentecost so do you expect when you come to church kids do you expect a party or do you expect boring well god's this is a wedding feast right here on the altar and we've got to have a renewed mind when we come to mass that coming to mass is meant to be a party are you like the older son who is surprised by a party and really really something powerful is the older son is always the example of the younger son, correct? Younger younger siblings, they kind of follow the older a little bit. And the younger son leaves the, the, the father's house. Why did he leave? You might think, why did the younger son leave? Because the older son is so grumpy. He focused so much on work. He never wants to have fun. He never wants to party. That's an issue. And so, if you're like the older son, who is like super rigid and not, like, filled with the Holy Spirit, then, like, wake up. Read Luke 15 and recognize that heaven is a party and we're living in it. Amen? The younger son, there are other children out there who are prodigals and maybe they're not in this church. That's always kind of been my struggle. Sometimes I felt like when I preach to you guys, I'm like, you guys already know this, you know? But you still need it. I need it, you know? But I want to preach to those who are not here. Those who, like, in a sense, like, they're going to have a big transformation. But often as a priest, people see the collar and they're intimidated. They'll say, oh, I can't, I mean, priest, whoa, okay. So it's really you, the older children, that are meant to go out and speak to the younger children. I wanted this church to be a place of welcome, of security, and of safety. A place that says, If you lived a bad life, well, hey, you can still come here. But I won't sugarcoat the truth. We're still going to speak truth, and yet God wants you here. So we're going to be patient with you guys. So that's the kind of um, priest I wanted to be, and I want this community to be. All right, last meditation, and then I'm done, because I know we started Mass late. So at the end of the story, there's a party going on. The younger son is back, and the father's rejoicing. He's happy. And during the party, the father is overjoyed, but there's this meditation I heard one time, and I've told you guys this before, where the father and his son are joyful. They're having a great time. The father's like, my son is alive. He's back. He was dead, and now he's found. But then the father moves over during the party, and he goes to the window, and he's looking out, At all of his other children that are still lost one thing that we have to notice in the gospel is that the son was a far way off he was he was coming back to the father but he was far and it says the the father caught sight of him which means that the father was looking for him that the father was staying at the window he was constantly at the window and he was like I'm looking for my son I'm looking for my son then the father He goes back to his younger son that's back, and he says, Hey, son, you came back. I want you to go out now, and I want you to go find all of the other children that are lost. That's my last message to you. You're back. You're here. You're in the Father's house. Ooh, (laughs) you're in the Father's house. You're back. But the Father is going to come up to you and say, you have a mission. Go out and find my lost children, because I love them. Tell them of my love. Tell them that nothing can separate them from you, from me. And yet, they just need to come back. So go out and bring God's children back to him. God bless you.